Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 13 of the Lessons Learned podcast. This week, we're going to switch things up a little bit, and I'm going to be doing a Q&A session. I asked you guys yesterday on Instagram for some ideas for today's show, and you came through with a lot of great questions, and I've got a couple here I'm going to be answering. To start off, I wanted to share that it's been an interesting 24 hours for me. My brain has been on overdrive, and one thing that I've realized with working mostly alone uh, on the creative side of things, strategic and visioning sides of lessons learned and the things that I'm trying to build for 2020, it can be really isolating sometimes. And I know that that's something that resonates for a lot of you listening because loneliness is something that ironically so many of us feel all at the same time. And that is actually a poem that my friend Rupi Kaur wrote that has always stuck with me is like the irony of loneliness is that many of us feel it all at once. And so I wanted to sort of just share that with you so that it can be released from me, but also so that you can feel seen perhaps in your own loneliness. We can be isolated in the challenges and tribulations that we're facing, in the things that we're confronting in our minds with our ego, with that inner voice, our inner critic, or perhaps with the people around us for whom their expectations, you know, weigh heavy on us. For me, a lot of my isolation, loneliness, pressure comes from myself. I have high expectations for myself. I am trying to build build a brand and company that I'm really proud of while also building something that I know I have the capacity to build, if that makes sense. I know what I'm here to do, how big of something I can create. And so the pressure of doing that can sometimes be all-encompassing. And that has been a big crux of my mindset the last two days. However, I will also share that I've been doing a little bit of a study of sorts on myself. As I've shared throughout this fall, this fall was a bit of an experiment for me. So having come out of what felt like a depression over the summer and, and last year following my surgery last fall, September and October were an opportunity for me to test out being back on the road again and traveling for eight weeks and doing speak, multiple speaking events and major career-defining moment like the Michelle Obama interview. And then intentionally starting to pause in November for my 30th birthday, going and seeing family back home in Alberta and then Mitch and I heading to Mexico where I couldn't quite turn my brain off. You guys heard all of that. And then finally, once we were back from Mexico, doing a brain dump with Kim and the team and really organizing our brains around our 2020 strategy, at least the 2020 winter and spring strategy. And then finally, this last sort of eight days, really having my brain unwind and be able to fully digest everything that happened this fall be fully able to give my creative vision and self to our 2020 plans with the North America tour and now really come into my 
strength and um, grounding when it comes to sponsorship and outreach in order to have our 2020 tour funded. I tend to self-fund my projects. I have had the capacity to do that with investments that I've made that went really well and, and became really lucrative. But as with a lot of things, market factors have played in. And so my potential to self-fund while still there, I am choosing to go another route this time, which is really intimidating to say, okay, I've had the capacity to self-fund and not have to pitch to other people for a few years. And now I have to start pitching again. And that fear of rejection and that fear of failure of my vision not being seen by someone else, of maybe not fitting the right marketing budget, oh, wow, the demons have unleashed in my brain. And this is where I want to bring in the first question that one of you asked, and that was from Shania. And I got to meet Shania earlier this fall, very briefly in Toronto. Um, So hey, Shania, what does it take to pivot in life, career, in relationships? How do you keep your center still and solid, but still adapt as you are called to? So this is a really juicy question because it's one that I've really had to play with this last year. And I'm reading a book right now, or just finished a book this morning actually, called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. David Goggins can sometimes be a polarizing figure. He is a former Navy SEAL, a real hard ass, has ultra marathon, gone through three hell weeks to become a Navy SEAL, um, had such a prolific career in the American military, Um, and is an all-around incredible athlete, human, went through some shit when he was younger, um, experienced racism, abuse, and came through it. And what he has to share, I love how he shares what he does in a lot of instances because it's no nonsense. And there's such clarity and depth to what he does share. And so when I think of this question of what does it take to pivot, there for me, it's a combination of things that came up for me while I was reading this book. And I'm going to do a more in-depth review of the book for a future episode in like the next couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. But there's something really important that resonated with me that he calls callousing your mind. So just like if you're playing different sports or wearing in a new pair of shoes or starting to work on your fitness, you have to do repeated action over time. And that builds calluses or stronger muscles in the specific area that you're practicing with. So whether it's a callus under your big toe or, you know, your biceps are growing, you have to callous your mind in a similar way. And I often prescribed to the notion of, you know, do what you're good at, strengths finder, build on your strengths, don't necessarily focus on your weaknesses. David offers a bit of a contrarian perspective that I deeply appreciated because... Sometimes what we see as weakness is only weakness because we feel vulnerability or because we have fear around that thing. So when we are faced with a different calling or an opportunity to pivot in our lives, we can often second guess ourselves because we feel like we're not skilled enough. We don't have expertise in that area. We're too well established in what we're doing now to risk taking the jump or making the change or we're already afraid of failure before we even start. So we don't allow ourselves to pivot. We don't stay open to that. 
But what I've learned about myself and I see reflected in can't hurt me is I am a sucker for getting beat down. (laughs) And part of the phrase of you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, find comfort in the discomfort, is you have to get really good at just feeling off kilter, of feeling like you're always in an unknown territory, that you're on the edges of your own development and growth and your own potential, because that is truly where we grow. And so what does it take to pivot? It takes identifying your fear and looking it in the face uh, or staring directly at whatever it might be through journaling and writing it down and getting all those fears off your chest and off your mind and saying, this may be a weak point for me right now or a vulnerability point or something that really fucks with me, but I'm going to face this and I'm going to come through it. And I'm going to wade into this shallow water that's just feeling like it's going to sink me down and get deeper and deeper and see if I can tread water and then slowly begin to swim through this across this lake to the other side. And that's really what it's taken me this year to pivot is being willing to throw myself into the unknown and know that I have made it through enough things in the past for me to do it again. And this comes back to my conversation on resilience last week the seven C's of resilience, the things that help us know what we're capable of overcoming and coming through. So an example I'm going to share with you because I realized I just briefly touched on callousing our minds and I want to dive into it a little bit more is my current challenge with sponsorship and outreach for uh, the tour. So asking other people to invest in me financially is very hard. I have been able to invest in others for a long time, and I've talked about this in a previous episode. I've done it multiple times over and over again, with and without return, whether it's creative projects or businesses, often with return, which has been amazing for me. Yet, I struggle to put myself on the line, to let others believe in me, let others invest their money in me. And so I've kind of found this pattern where it's like every seven or eight days, I fall into a hole. It's like I'm breaking through this belief system in layers and every layer brings me to my knees. And I can feel that callus building on this part of my brain, on this part of my belief system. I've had to root back and look at what are my fears rooted in when it comes to my own financial security, when it comes to thinking that I'm worthy of other people's financial investment. What stories am I telling myself? When did this get imprinted on me? And then doing the slow work of healing that and then starting to take the small actions to actually do the outreach in real time. I have learned so much more also because I'm finalizing taxes and this is a big tax year for me, both in the businesses and personally. So I've had so much to learn. And I think so many of us can be triggered when it comes to money, especially. So it's been my personal challenge and personal mission right now to callous my mind when it comes to dealing with money and specifically asking for money right now. And that callous 
is starting to get thicker and thicker. And at some point, I will have overcome this fear and I will have succeeded in this endeavor. And so that's what callousing our minds is when it comes to fitness or our health or starting that new business or applying for that promotion or asking for that raise. It feels scary because we've never done it before. And if we have done it before, we haven't done it in this context. So we always have to keep pushing ourselves. And what keeps us centered and grounded through it all is looking back and reminding yourself of what you've achieved and what it's taken for you to get this far and all the things you've accomplished along the way to land at this exact moment where you have the opportunity. It is an opportunity for this next leveling up in your life. You have made it this far and therefore you can make it further. So that is how I stay grounded and able to pivot. My mom always made this analogy. She says, root yourself so strongly that your branches and leaves, they can just blow in the wind, but you can stay grounded and centered. We call those sham wows. My mom's name's Shaminder. And me and my friends, we say, wow, that was a sham wow. And sometimes, you know, she's she's got those one-liners that can just bring you down, and those are called sham pows. <laughs> I know, we're ridiculous. <laughs> so that is our first question of the day from Shania. Next up, we've got Clary, and she's asking, how can you be okay with the pace you're at with business and life? I love this question because I feel like We've, hear, we've heard this a lot. We are seeing everybody's highlight reels on social media. We have a distraction that when, say, we're procrastinating or needing downtime, where do we go? We go to the highlight reels of the world. So it's not really rest for our brains. So we're in this constant feedback loop of comparison. Part of 100 Strong and Sexy, the fitness challenge I'm doing right now of 100 days uh, where we're committing to six out of seven days a week at, um, doing 40 to 45 minutes of activity, sorry, 45 to 60 minutes of activity. We're also taking a pledge to decrease our technology use on the weekend. So Sundays are supposed to be like a Sabbath day, no social media, no tech. And so I did my first one this last Sunday and going one day off social. The last time I did like a social cleanse was earlier this year, first week of January. I took six days off and just put my phone away when we were in Mexico in January. And the clarity you get, um, is wild when you have some space from the highlight reel of the world. And when you also realize the feedback loop that you're in and the addiction that, you know, the scroll can be for us. So one day of that pause made me so much more intentional on Monday and Tuesday when I was scrolling. Today I'm back to my old habits as it happens, but I know I'm looking forward to Sunday for having that reprieve and that break. So one step that I am employing and how to be okay with the pace I'm going at with my business and life is when I disconnect from the pace of others and the highlights of others, it gives me permission to just actually live in my life and be in my life and see the blessings and gifts that my life is offering me. The second thing is, look at majority of the people that you look up to or admire or aspire to. So many of them are years ahead of you in terms of a lot of the people that I look at when I'm 30 years old, Yes, a lot of my peers are killing it and doing so much um, that I can feel jealous of or feel like I'm behind with. But I also know that that's the same for someone else who might be looking at my career and my trajectory. So having that perspective can give you reprieve, but also outside of the handful of people um, who are my age or younger, who I am 
so inspired by or jealous of or whatever mood it is that day. The people I really look to whose legacies last in the way that I want to are 30 or 40 years older than me. And we forget that a lot of the founders, folks that we look up to, didn't really hit their stride until their mid-30s to early 40s. Before that, there was failed companies or attempts at this and um, closures of that. But it's just remembering that all great things happen with time and that life is long. I came through an era of my 20s for three years where my mortality stared me in my face. I lost a good two years of career building because I was sick and I had to face the intensity that is physical limitations when it comes to illness or injury um, and what it actually feels like to face your own mortality. And Clary, I can speak directly to your lived experience because you live with chronic illness. You know the sensitivity or, or the um, vulnerability that can come when it comes to having to face such intense things so early in life. But having said that, those things make us stronger and allow us to also relax into the fact that, as my friend Mina says, life is long. We have years to do the work that we want to. And if we don't, we're not going to be here to remember that we didn't have all those years to do it. (laughs) But life is long. Remember that a lot of the people we look up to are much further along in their careers. And that a lot of the time, the, the intensity of the comparison or the doubt that we're feeling actually comes from us not being able to disconnect and actually be in our lives. Um, so put that phone down, take a detox, let yourself check in with yourself and just give yourself a break because you're doing so great. Next up for this Q&A episode on this Thursday is from Holly. And Holly has been so lovely in my DMs this week and such a champion for me. And we are concocting something very exciting potentially in New Zealand for next year. So stay tuned. So Holly asks, how have you formed your work team? You seem more like BFFs than a leader and employee. So this is fun for me because I, about like when we were working on Dream Girl a few years ago, which was the documentary film I produced and helped co-found about female entrepreneurs, I've done one external outreach for employees. And at the time it was interns. So I was looking for co-media interns back in 2015. And that's how Kylie came on my radar, who worked for me for many years and still does at an arm's length right now. And since then... It's actually been a lot of inbound communications of people reaching out to me, sharing with me what they do, and then eventually me seeing and observing their skills from afar and then asking them to support me in my work. One person uh, in particular is Kim, who is helping me produce next year's 2020 Lessons Learned podcast tour in in North America. And so something that I had to set up for myself was when I was running Core Space over the summer, I had it so that I was directly managing the whole team. So I was directly managing Rhaenyra, who is my creative director. She's the reason that Lessons Learned Podcast Social and branding is so beautiful. She's a visionary in that way. I directly managed Kim, who was working on our growth marketing at the time. 
Kylie, who was doing our content management and magazine editorial management and was our editorial director doing incredible work. Steph, who was my personal and virtual assistant and helping us with systems and processes for CoreSpace. Emily, who was a graphic designer. And Jasmine, who was doing content marketing for us and copywriting. And so I was directly managing all of these incredible humans. I think there were six of them and us, seven of us at the time. And it took a lot of energy to be a manager of six people and be running a company that, especially during startup phase, you don't know if it's going to work or not. And in our case, I decided it wasn't my passion point. It wasn't what I want to invest, wanted to invest the next few years of my life into because I knew interviewing, podcasting, and letting myself be my own personal brand and media brand was the right next step for me. So I had very empathetic, heart-filled, authentic, real, honest conversations with the team when I had to let everyone go in, for, in 24 hours. And what's funny is the way that now I structure it with Kim is Kim runs a freelance collective, uh, and you should check it out. It's called Freeco. And if you're looking for any services from social media to growth marketing. She's a problem solver. Kim is a problem solver and she will help you figure out whatever problem is in front of you with the right team. Um, so Kim is now managing the overall um, team and working with me directly so that she knows the deliverables we need to do, my expectations of things all the way down to management style and the way that I was leading her and the rest of the team, empathy first leadership, knowing that that's a core value of mine and now taking it forward and executing with the team. So this frees me up to focus entirely on sponsorship and financial acquisition as well as creative. Because when I have to also manage other humans, which I love to do, I love being a manager, but it, it's a full-time job in and of itself. So I can't create in those circumstances. So right now, Kim is managing the Freeco team who is executing logistics and planning and all the pieces for the 2020 tour. And I get to focus on sponsorship acquisition and then also content creation. So the weekly show for you, for you all, uh, finding the guests for the tour, doing stage production for the tour and working on merch and the different facets of that that's going to be coming out. And this is kind of like the dream synergy for me because it gives me the freedom to create and then also to trust my person, who is Kim, to manage um, the rest of our team well, to lead with empathy first and to deliver excellent product. And so that's how I met my team was actually mostly through Instagram. I actually met Kim at the Mech Checkout, which is Mountain Equipment Co-op. And uh, it was right around the time I was working on Dream Girl. She was a cashier and was checking Mitch and I out. And she remembered me from the documentary and asked me if I was from Dream Girl. And I said, yes. And she actually drove down to New York two weeks later for a screening with Joanne Wilson. And that's when my optic neuritis had kicked in and I was about to exit the company. Um, but fast forward to two years or a year and a half, and we ran into each other again through the Founders Fund, and she and I reconnected and over time started working together again. And really, it's keeping tabs on dope humans who come across your path on Instagram or in life, and just remembering that feeling that you get when you meet them, where it's like, I could work really well with this person, or this person's skill set is so valuable and something I want to leverage moving forward. 
Um, I had that experience with Maddie, our wonderful podcast editor, who is now helping with the weekly show with Rhaenyra and with Kim, Kylie, and the rest of the team that were all working together. And even Maddie, who did video editing for me, we met at a conference and she told me her skill set and I followed up with her like two weeks later because I needed a vlog editor. So I really just go with my gut and I'm a small enough business where that's possible. I don't have a full HR department and all those things. I'm sure if I was a larger scale, it would be a very different process, a more streamlined, systematic process. But as yet, as of now, I genuinely believe everybody wants to do great work. And if they're given the right circumstances, opportunity, training, respect to do great work, they will. And that's what we're working on now. So that's how I found the team. And it seems more like your BFFs than, you know, employee, employer. I would say, I wouldn't even say that's by design because I respect boundaries. I respect, you know, the relationships people want to have with their employers and employees. Yet I also really invest in the person and... I don't like niceties and bullshit interactions. So it's all just about honesty and like, if is this deliverable possible? And if not, like, let's talk about it. You know, this thing rubbed me the wrong way. Can we have an honest dialogue about it and move on from it? Um, I want to know your future dreams and goals for yourself so that I can help you get there. And so you can help me get to where I also want to go. So it's that honesty that has been a driving force in team building, um, finding the right people to work with and staying committed to one another. Thanks for your question, Holly. Next is from Jesseleen. So she asks, how do you find the courage to stand up for yourself or ask for things in professional settings without the fear of losing your job or compromising your own morals? This sounds really real, Jesseleen. <laughs> My gut instinct when I read this is, I think you're in a situation where you're feeling like you're going to lose your job because you want to say something because you feel like you're compromising your own morals. And I think it really depends on the circumstance and the setting that you're in and the workplace culture that you're around. Recently, the article came out with Verge that showed the interactions that Steph Corey, the CEO of Away, had with her employees and the sort of dialogues that were had on Slack. And with any startup and the way that they scaled, I was looking at the Twitter dialogue and a lot of people online, specifically male investors, just thought this was another day in the valley and that her interactions with her employees actually just showed her commitment to the growth of the company, to the standards that the company had on excellence and customer experience and relations. And when I looked at those messages, it did show me a founder that had singular focus on what they were working towards, which was scaling away and making sure customers had the best possible experience. But it came at a cost, and that was its employees' sanity, health, well-being, energy, capacity, confidence. And I think because I've personally experienced a number of different very hard things in the workplace from feeling and experiencing being gaslighted by a co-founder to um, not being treated well uh, to the point where I you know, was fired and just seeing the implications of a lack of empathy and honest connection um, in the workplace. It's, 
harrowing to see it happen to other people. And so it gives me a morality or, you know, set of values where I don't want to do that to other people. And so I won't treat people in that way. And that's uncompromising for me now. So I think for you, Jocelyn, it's about, it is about asking yourself what you're willing to compromise in this situation and how valuable this job is to you to keep. Because as much as people might say otherwise, you can get other jobs. If it feels as though this is one that is taking too much from you, asking too much of you when you show up every day, you have to ask yourself what the cost-benefit analysis is to you. Do you genuinely think your superiors will change their behaviors if you flag it to HR or to a superior that you trust? Do you think that that will risk your own potential of staying at the company? I had a friend who went to HR about a her or her, her senior manager about a harassment circumstance and had a great conversation and the individual said they were going to act on it and then two days later they let let my friend go. And so you don't necessarily fully know who you can trust. And there's always risk in living with your values and morals first. But you have to ask yourself what you can live with. What can you digest having done or not done? And that's what matters most because you have to live with yourself every day. Jobs come and go. Millennials have an average of (laughs) insert X number of jobs in their career. We have a lot of jobs in our career over our careers. Um, and if this one is taking too much from you, then ask yourself how you can exit gracefully, um, or ask yourself and make your strategic plan of who in senior leadership can you reach out to who you trust, who will take your, um, complaints or surveying of the company seriously, and who will respect you in how you're sharing it. And if you don't see a safe space for that to happen, Um, then just, you have to do inner reflecting of how long can I stay here? What is my purpose in staying here? And then begin your external job search. Your safety and mental security is the most important thing in this situation. So finding the courage to stand up for yourself and ask for things in professional settings without the fear of losing your job or compromising your own morals. This is also going to come with time. The courage and confidence I have in myself and knowing who I am, I wouldn't have had in my early 20s um, or even my mid-20s. We learn as we go. So be gentle with yourself. Give yourself time. And know that just you asking this question means there is a part of you that is ready to speak up and speak out about whatever it is that you need to speak up and out about. And so give yourself time. Journal about it. Write as much as you can about it. Get it out of your system so you can look at it objectively and then build your strategic plan and act, whether it's exiting, putting in your complaint, figuring out whatever your next right step is, and then do it. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Lessons Learned Podcast, episode 13. We've got a couple more episodes before the year wraps up, and I'm so excited to be re-recording the post-Michelle Obama interview recap I'm mentally prepping for that and I've had enough time to reflect and think about it and I want to share that with you. So that will likely come before the new year. And someone had asked me, I had promised the Integrated Life Planner 2020. So that will be coming in the next couple of weeks as well. So stay tuned to your inboxes for a future episode of the Lessons Learned podcast and you will have that downloadable as well. So you can do the same year planning that I did. 
If you have any other questions for me, always feel free to write me at info at gomol.com and I will be doing future Q&A episodes as well. I so appreciate your time. I so appreciate all of you. And that's it for me today. Until next time. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Gomal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at Lessons Learned Podcast underscore. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.